through and I'm like, oh, okay. There's like seven cables that say B3 and they're all one meter. I'll just go ahead and grab all of them. So I just like picked them all. I was like, you know, at least I don't have to come back to the car. And I bring them like, I'm sorry. I didn't know exactly which B3 cable you meant. And then he looks at, he like just kind of pans through them. And he goes, none of these. <laughs> and I was like, oh. <laughs> I was like, I'm a failure. Well, at least you knocked out a bunch of them all at once instead of making like eight it's trips. It's a process of elimination. That's how tech jobs yeah, work. Right. <laughs> In I many said, ways, Zach, that's exactly how tech exactly. job works. Exactly. I said, please notice me, senpai. That's what I kept thinking, like, because he's like kind of a, a quiet teacher guy. So I'm yeah. like, I'll show initiative and impress him and then he's you just, just like, want to impress huh, the, the senior the member cable. of the staff yeah. there <laughs> but yeah it's 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 been a fun learning experience i just thought i'd share that with you because yeah. it's kind of funny that's okay that, that, my that funny. my first few times um actually making drinks at starbucks there's yeah. like a whole bunch of things i just guessed on um there's this thing called the uh the shaken espresso or the brown yeah. sugar shaken espresso Okay. And I had been making it wrong for like two months. <laughs> <laughs> but now that I got it right, I make it for myself all the time because it is delicious. <laughs> but before it was like too milky. I had like too much milk in it. Mm. <laughs> um, so you guys ready to start? Yeah. All right, let's do it. I'm Zach. I'm Colin. And I'm Bob. And, and welcome, welcome to, to the House Podcast. podcast. Uh, doing online, the lack of syncing abilities. No, hey, <laughs> la- hey, the last time yeah. we, hey, probably we, closer we've done than them you pretty think. good. Yeah, yeah. It just doesn't okay. sound like it in our ears, but we've done pretty good with it. And we're here <laughs> to talk about music, media, and the mission of Jesus. Oh my goodness, and so much more. And you know what's fun <laughs> is that we have been just taking a lot of that question crossfire and expanding upon it. We already did one with. Uh, with ken that was really fun why are yeah. sins uh, yeah why are sins question mark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, no, absolutely colin and today's actually comes from one of our one of our more dedicated listeners mm-hmm. billy um, he is our number one fan so he is our he is our shout out to billy fan. yes yeah. um, he's, he's so awesome he's well, you know he's our most um he's the the fan that probably communicates with us the most so yeah be more like a billy and send us messages yeah so yep. have you guys ever seen, I mean, well, I think you and Zach probably both have seen uh, this show, um, Flight of the Concords. Yes. Oh, yeah. From time so, to time. So Billy, to me, <laughs> is like their number one fan, uh, that comedian actress, um, Kristen Shaw, I think is her name. And she's just like their number one fan is always like, hey, guys, what are you doing? Like, are we going there? Is the Flight of the Concords playing tonight? <laughs> so, so he think, thinks, like he always sends us stuff. He's a very like. But uh, I would say Billy yes. is less annoying, and he's more just like a just a cool dude who also we do appreciate it. He also yes. uh, so streams awesome. himself reading scripture, which is pretty neat. Like yes, it. he does. I, I enjoy watching his videos where he's streaming, where he's just reading out scripture. Those are fun That's to awesome. watch. So we're going to be talking about um, contradictions, and that was a great yeah. um, subject that Billy brought up. I think that mm-hmm. that'll be a lot of fun tonight. Um, but yeah. before we get started on that, we should do some worship. We should do uh, some worship. And I think I should say that our worship song is uh, brought to you by a uh, bonus episode that we have coming out that you all should check out that we almost forgot to mention. Um, Well, well, by the time this by the time this episode is out, I think it's going to be up. I agree. But it's going to be in video form. So I don't know how much more you want to say about it. But no, let's keep it a secret for now. Okay. let me just tell you that the 
the world may depend on that's right. watching on, on people watching <laughs> that's, ridiculous. that's all I'm, the only hint i can give you, you all do realize that, that that this bonus episode is going to be very unappealing to many people <laughs> dude no I don't think know. About it. no 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 here hold on so there's three different there's three different people you wouldn't think would be interested that are going to be interested first of all okay people who have never played that game that i'm not going to talk about i can think of uh, several people just offhand that i think if it was on youtube and if it was like a two hour long video they'll just watch it yeah they'll just okay. be like oh this is okay. interesting I'm background noise or fall asleep to it uh-huh gotcha okay yeah. i i'm excited uh, yeah but so okay yes we have a we have a video coming out uh it's probably going to be on patreon we'll see where we go with that but right now we're going to do a little worship and uh, yeah. as always it's uh going to be our beautifully uh but um also awkward shot in the dark as we uh decide afterwards what the song will be so without further ado here it is Thousand times ten thousand. 
God, thank you for um, another opportunity to um, celebrate you and your word. And um, God, I just, I, I want to confess that um, as much as the three of us uh, celebrate your word, we often don't talk about um, the strength and the validity and the the truth that comes from the scripture. And so tonight um, we pray that you would uh, glorify, you would be glorified by both our celebration of your word and its defense and that um, the listeners could um, derive even more appreciation for the scriptures in the process. Um, we pray these things in Jesus name. Amen. 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 All right, let's, let's get into it, boys. What are we talking about? Well, as you pointed out earlier, we're talking about contradictions and we're kind of uh, um, trying to f- f- we're going through and legitimately trying to find uh, issues with the biblical text, contradictions in the Bible and how do we handle those and what do we do about those and how do we treat those and things of that nature. Um, but what we found is that most of the contradictions that are there from especially those from atheists. Oh, pretty much out of context nearly every single time. Um, um, I would the, almost argue that that is, that is the entirety of any argument against the scripture. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like you either, pretty much either lose you are some pulling, context there. Yeah. Yeah. Either you are pulling a scripture out of nowhere with nothing attached to it and just saying that this is doesn't make sense for modern culture, mm-hmm. or you're putting two scriptures together that don't really... But Colin, yeah. snakes don't talk. The Bible is obviously <laughs> false. <laughs> you sound like that uh, one kid from King of the Hill. <laughs> yeah, your Bible has contradictions. <laughs> so, yeah. So the, my, my biggest pet peeve with the idea, like, and we'll get into this, but I want to lay my stake down on the ground right here and say, lay it down, if, there, if there are contradictions in the Bible, then God isn't God. That's all. I'm just going to mm. leave that there for now. <laughs> so th- we'll just, I, I think we need to go back to that. So if, if there are contradictions in the Bible, I, I, like what I'm saying is if you're a Christian who believes in God and believes that God is who God is like the true, you know, understanding of him, then the scriptures need to be infallible for that to be the case in my opinion. And so there you go. At least when interpreted correctly, Right, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. Yep. So, Colin, you had an example here. Um, oh, yeah. You want to hear? Um, yeah. I, I wasn't Colin's, familiar with this passage. Um, Colin's so, 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 is a non tradition. Well, it's a um, non contradiction. You know, it's a, it's a, uh, what do you want to call that? A, uh, Does it have something it, to do with non bread from that the is Indian a, restaurant? That is a portmanteau. If you don't know what that word means, it means sticking two words together in a very slippery way. Oh, so, okay. So, um, so here's, here's, (laughs) here is, uh, the book of Jessica chapter three, verses seven and eight, (laughs) starting in verse seven. And the wife said to her husband, I grow tired in the evenings and wish to rest. And then in verse eight, it says, this is the King James version. This, well, (laughs) it's the new King, new King James. They've, they've cleaned it up. Um, and then in verse eight. Please take the dog out for me each evening, and I shall bless you with delicious dinner in return. Now, fun uh, factoid for everybody listening. That is a real conversation we have 
uh, quite a bit. <laughs> they speak in this in New King James language. <laughs> Jessica is smack dab between Third John and uh, Revolutions um, chapter seven. So, uh, <laughs> uh, and so I put in between these. So that's your first verse to to, to hear, and I've highlighted. Please take the dog out each evening. So I've I've put that in bold. But the context I put in between these two scriptures, the second one I'm about to read in a second, I, I said the next day, the house, our house is surrounded by giant killer hummingbirds that attack at night. So then in Jessica chapter five, verse 29 through 32, starting in 29, it says, and being a fool, he believed the lives of the birds and set them free. So that night, Jessica boarded up the windows and crevices with gopher planks. She was still cross with her husband for his disobedience and shouted, never shall you bring yourself or the dog outside at night, exclamation point. So what's fun is I've invented a fake scripture, but I'm giving you an example of what people use as contradictory scripture. Um, in chapter three, it made sense for the mm -hmm. person to say, please take the dog out in the evening. But in chapter five, the context is now there's killer hummingbirds outside. So the, the, yeah. the phrase, never shall you bring yourself or the dog outside at night makes sense and is not contradictory in that there's You've context. an entire chapter that talks about the, uh, the, bumblings the origin of, of, the, of the hummingbirds and the yes. bumblings of Colin. Yes, it was. <laughs> the it dangers was, it was, outside. <laughs> It was Ball shows up and tells a hummingbird uh, oh, that he goodness. is more intelligent than he thinks. Oh, and then that goodness. hummingbird uh, sets his other friends free, like Rise of the Planet of the Apes. And then hey, Colin. Caesar? Them, yeah. And then Colin sets them free and then they go crazy. So oh. uh, this is a silly example, of course. But what I'm getting at is that without proper context, if you were to read yeah. just the two phrases, oh, please take the dog out for me each evening and never shall you bring yourself or the dog outside at night. You would assume that those two scriptures Context. are contradictions and wouldn't, wouldn't uh, make any sense. And therefore the Bible, like my, my bigger yeah. point going forward will be that if any one scripture in the Bible is not true or wrong or is fallible or is a contradiction in any way in terms of real universal truth, then the entire Bible needs to be considered yeah. that way. That's, and without yeah. the context, you know, who knows what, you know, you can make it say whatever. Right. A seminary professor, he used to say a text without a context is just a pretext for whatever you want. For subtext? <laughs> I think funny. he got that from somebody, but yeah. still. Yeah, that's an old, without, that's an old quote. Without without the context, um, what is scripture even meaning? And so, yeah, you basically can determine it yourself. Yeah, yeah. So, so despite the heretical uh, scriptures that Colin proposed earlier, we 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 want you all to understand that uh, trusting in God's word is going to be absolute is paramount to our to our position in this. Uh, but I will also state that I went into this looking. For a smoking gun. I, in all honesty, I went searching the internet. I spent days, actual days, looking wow. through, uh, mm. trying to find some sort of source that would bring up the, somebody having some sort of, of of contradiction in the Bible that I could try to dig into or try to understand yeah. or at least walk away from saying, I'm not sure about that. I need to look more into this. And 
I, I, and I got to tell you, I was, I, I was, I was disappointed. I'll talk more about it later. You, you'll, you'll see some of the things, but, okay. uh, but, but I, I was kind of disappointed. Mm. But I do want, but we do want you all to know that we at the House Plants Podcast, we trusting in God's word is absolute paramount to uh, to everything that we that we believe. I agree. Yes, I agree. Yeah. So we have. Um, I, I enlisted a few links. I just wanted to maybe mention. Uh, we don't have to go through every single one of these. But um, there is um, two sites that I looked up, just general sites. They're both fairly atheist uh, takes on contradictions in the Bible. Um, so I'll just give some random, um, some random ones. Like, for example, already I can, I'm shaking my head, but it says, like, for example, in Matthew nineteen twenty six, it says, dot, 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 with God, all things are possible. Just like just take that small phrase out of you know and then in judges 119 which is way before matthew it says the lord was with judah and he drave out the inhabitants of the mountain this is a weird uh, mm-hmm. uh interpretation they're, 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 they're using king james version You're but could not james. drive out the inhabitants of the valley because they had chariots of iron so in their argument god does uh-huh. not have the power to do everything he couldn't even fight chariots of iron which clearly <laughs> is not the case but that is their we, argument we don't understand why in judges god chose not to uh, allow the uh, israelites to drive out that particular group um, you know what it could be but, that um it but, could but, be that but, the chariots of iron might have killed all of the israelites and yeah. god didn't want that or, I, I mean there's yeah a million or, reasons, yeah, right? or, like, or, or God simply said, "You've gone far enough. I want you to stop right here." And and He used the chariots of iron to show them where the borders are going to be that He desired them to have. There you go. I mean, but, we, we 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 don't know. We don't have enough information. What, what is yeah. what we need to under and, and we'll, we'll, but we'll get more into that later because I'm going to be bringing up judges a couple times. I think. Right, cool. and so um, so you know. That's yeah. that's from that uh, particular. Th- there's a lot like those, and then this other link: top twenty most damning Bible contradictions. <laughs> it's like okay. th- these are just set in stone, right? Like, oh, oh, these are obvious. Okay, like, th- 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 this is from Patheos. I actually looked up. I saw the same link before you had yeah. posted it here into our episode notes mm-hmm. um, that we're using, and this th- that article. I-, I I I glanced at it. I saw how ridiculous and it's nonsensical very ridiculous. it is. And it's I was like, ridiculous. yeah, I'm not even, I'm not even using this. This is complete trash. Like, there, <laughs> there's, there's nothing here of substance. It's all it's, complete trash. It's kind of like the, um, it made me think of like how, you know, news stations, Fox CNN or whichever one you want to choose, but how they have that like one time where they have like the very sarcastic kind of like jerky, like opinionated guy who like reports on stuff. So it'll be like, huh, huh. And then next we see this person, huh? Well, why'd you do that, you idiot? You know, like that's what it made me think of, like a news report like that. And it's just yeah, that, that, that like, is very much how the article's written. It is it's very much written like this. Yeah. It's like number three: all Christians are united in what they believe about Jesus, or are they? <laughs> it's like two scriptures. I'm just like, wait, what? Like, but that, but that, even that. Uh, idea the idea of that um we know from scripture is a lot deeper than just you know you you're united or you're not united i mean there's mm-hmm. it's 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 there are it's essential funny. things that you can be united on and yet there are things that um like have multiple ways to be interpreted 
that not all Christians necessarily agree on, but they're not mm-hmm. essential for like your salvation. So we kind of let those things slide and just kind of yeah. discuss them and debate them. Yeah. Which yeah. make up like what less than 2% of all scriptures. Yeah. I, I mean, I mean, they're, 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 um, I, I mean, one of the foundational aspects of what does it mean to be a follower of Jesus? What does it mean to be a Christian is that you mm-hmm. believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins yeah. and that he is the source to get to heaven and that he is the son of God. And he, and then after he left came the Holy spirit three in one. Sure. Or, well, you, you, even the three in one is potentially open to debate. If you look at some people, the point is, is that, is that we recognize there's the God, the father, God, the son, and God, the Holy spirit, right. nonetheless. Mm-hmm. And so how you want to view those, there are some weird denominations that might view those not in the Trinitarian point of view, but the point still stands is that we still understand that they are all aspects of God of some capacity mm-hmm. and right. that Christ was God in the flesh, hundred yeah. percent God, hundred percent man. Yeah. We need to agree that, that Jesus Christ was the son of God and all the things central to like the Orthodox faith, but we don't yeah. necessarily have to d- agree on like whether a rapture is going to happen yes. and then whether a thousand year reign of Christ is going to happen before yep. or after or um, exactly which tra- Bible translation everyone must be reading. Well, everyone must read the King James. Oh my goodness! <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. Or, or, or what? What type of music we play on Sunday mornings? What hymnals we use? Which hymns we choose for our hymnals? Um. Yeah. So, so there's obviously. See, in and I want to bring this up just to play sort of devil's advocate because I I believe that it is. It is totally healthy for Christians to to wrestle and to struggle with parts of the scriptures they don't understand. Like they can yeah. even say, "Like God, yes. I, I just don't get this," and I it doesn't sound right to me at all. But what, what the, most the the, the, right. um, the mentality the Christian should be having is saying, "I want to seek to understand, not I'm going to just write off God because I." Cause I just read two things that don't make sense and I'm just going to, you know what? This is it. Christianity what, over What most people often forget is that Israel is a name that was given to, to Jacob. And, um, and it literally means one who struggles with God, one who fights, mm-hmm. who wrestles with God. Right. Uh, yeah. Because that is what he did. He wrestled with God, with, with, with the angel of the Lord before meeting his brother Esau. And that's symbolic because the, you know, the nation of Israel is always kind of like ebbing and flowing yes, throughout that, the scriptures. Yeah, that, 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 that is our heritage. That, that is, right. that is, that is, the, that, that is where we come from, where our faith originates from is out of a, a, the name of a, a nation named after one who wrestles with God. Right. I mean, yeah. so why are we so afraid to do that for fear that we might look weak know for fear that we might question scripture scripture strong enough it's been around for 2000 half uh, you know a, a third of it's been around for 2000 years the other third of it's been around for thousands before that mm-hmm. you know it's you know it's let's let's wrestle let's go <laughs> so um i'm not so i i have uh one or two more things to share and then i want to get into both what zach and bob uh mentioned because there's there's quite a bit to get through so i'll make my stuff quick but um I have two scriptures I want to bring up, but I also have another mm-hmm. link to bring up. So my first scripture, which I think is what I'm going to lean heavily on throughout this episode is second Timothy three, mm-hmm. 16 and 17, which says all scripture is breathed out by God and is profitable for teaching for reproof, for correction, 
and for training in righteousness that the man of God may be competent, equipped for every good work. So I want to break that up for a second. All scripture. Okay. So this is Paul talking, right? Zach, you know, Paul, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and he is saying all scripture is breathed out by God. So what does that mean? And what does it he mean by scripture at this point? This is before this right, is before as Paul. the New Testament is being yeah. written, right? So they didn't have a New Testament. That's true, yet, right? That's yeah, true. Yeah. Well, yeah. this other this other scripture I'm going to read from Romans in a little bit will confirm what you're talking about. But what he is talking about, yes, is the what, what the we would Old Testament as Old, writings. Yep, and, what we refer to as Old Testament. That's right, and then. Um, None of the none of the gospels had been written at this point nope. either, right? So nope, not yet. It, it was all like eighty years, you know, whatever afterward. But um, th- what's what's interesting about the time when Paul is doing his ministry is that the events of Jesus's life have come and gone, and the beginnings of the church are are apparent. You know, like things are beginning. So yeah, they're starting this new kind of covenant but they still have all of the old scriptures of, of the Jewish faith. And so I think that his point is that like, none of that is going away and it's really, really good for all these different reasons. And it's really, really good to equip yourself with them. And so the, the importance of the way the scripture reads to me is that it says it's profitable for teaching. It's, for reproof and for correction and for training and righteousness mm-hmm. um, that a man may be competent, equipped for every good work. And what I think is interesting about that is that if, if the Bible was so contradictory that it left you confused, I don't, I don't think that it would be good for a reproof correction or training and righteousness. Right. Um, and so we have to at least understand the fact that even the people who were living out what is now the scripture in the new Testament believe wholeheartedly in the validity of the texts the, uh, right. which they studied. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going back to my first point. That is if, if there are contradictions, then God isn't God. And what I mean by that is if the scripture is God's word breathed out and written um, by those called by God to write them, mm-hmm. then if there are contradictions, in any form or fashion, even by like human error, um, I think that that still raises a lot of problems for the for for who God is, um, because I mm-hmm. think that yeah. if the fact that the Bible has stood the test of time, regardless of its interpretations, like the different translations, the fact that it stood the test of time this long and is still one of the what is it like the the highest circulating text in the world for the, oh yeah forever, by far basically yeah the, 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 and, they stopped included in the and the best selling and New York Times best selling list because it is for decades and decades and decades and decades <laughs> always the literally the number one seller every year the Bible is by far the most sold book ever period so so I think I have, it's really interesting yeah. that you mentioned that um like a problem with God's word would. Um, undermine who he is basically is kind of the point you're making. Yeah. I think this is, uh, yeah. I think this is going to come up more later as we discuss this, but I kind of, as we were putting the notes together, uh, the other side, I guess the flip side of this um, became apparent to me. And I'm not sure I like really recognized it until just now, but um, the enemy of God 
has the most to gain by making us think that he's not who he says he is. I agree. Right. <laughs> and that's kind of the whole point of sin and not trusting God from the beginning. Um, because that's what the snake, you know, when the snake comes to Eve, he says, the serpent. Uh, did yep. God, did God really say this, this, mm. this? So I think, but not just I that, think, but when the devil tempts Satan too, in the 40, in the, in the desert, when, when the, when the devil, devil tempts Jesus. Yeah. What did I say? Yeah. Sorry. When the devil yeah. tempts Satan. When, <laughs> when the devil tempts Jesus. Yes. When yes, Satan in the desert. tempts Jesus. In he the uses scripture, but he twists it. Right. It, well, and, and he yeah, presents absolutely. it, I believe, as a contradictory thing. He's like, well, if if you're really Jesus, then you should be able to just jump down. Mm-hmm. Right. Unless yeah. the scriptures. He quotes the Psalms and says, like, um, you know, you won't strike your foot against the rock. And, um, you know, angels completely concerning he, you will cave you, grab he, you. He quotes the words of scripture correctly, but he misses the context. He misapplies yes, them. He does. You he know, always misses the context. Yeah. And so it's so interesting because that's what the enemy continually does to try and trick us in using mm-hmm. scripture, just like not applied right. Right. And that undermines like who you think God is. Anyway, I think that's going to come up more yep. later so we can continue yes. on. And, but. And, it, and it's for that very reason that I will often, that I've said previously on multiple occasions that if I come across what I believe to be a contradiction in scripture, I take a step back and I need to better look at the context and what's mm-hmm. going on around it. Because the problem yeah. almost certainly is going to be me, not the passage. I mean, there is a, so there's this kind of, kind of, moving towards uh what you and uh with both bob and zach are going to be talking about a little bit later about kind of human error and like Mm -hmm. kind of some of the some of the humanness of the writing which i i think some people can maybe account for it but um there's this great uh i don't actually know who this guy is pete ends uh he's like a harvard university phd Mm -hmm. um but he had this article that he wrote i thought i thought he made some good points um and one of the things that he said was what are referred to as contradictions are only so if one assumes that the purpose of inspiration, however it works, is to align or override the down to earth diverse voices we actually encounter in the Bible. Um, and then he says the contradictions in the Bible aren't contradictions for the Bible does not reflect the perfectly consistent mind of God, but the diversity of the time and place of the writers. Um, mm-hmm. So that his point is that like, we're we're seeing the we're seeing the um sometimes not all the time but we a lot of times we are seeing the uh the the events as perceived by the authors but that doesn't yes. take away from the truth of yeah. the events of yes. what god did in those events um, yeah that's because why god the didn't like yeah god didn't take his word and then like download it Mm-hmm. like like you're downloading a text file like directly into mm-hmm. people's brains and then like control their fingers as they like wrote it out um it had to like come through their experience mm-hmm. like they experienced god and heard from him and then they wrote down in their own words even though and that's i guess why scripture is god breathed or god inspired yes yeah. yes and, and not as as opposed to being directly from the voice of god himself as which for example downloaded bit by bit yes the the mormons would claim that the that the the mormon bible the the, the, the book of mormon is god's words directly Uh 
we don't believe that in the Bible. We believe they are God breathed, God inspired. They mm-hmm. are really, really close, but we recognize that that is, you know, that that there there's a slight difference there. It, we can say that it is God's word. Mm. You know, absolutely we do say that. Yes, um, yes. But again, yeah, it's inter- it's it is um, it is brought to us through people who wrote it. So absolutely. So- so um, the way he kind of concludes this this article, and and I think we should put it in the maybe in the description when we do the um, um, the summary uh, when we when we upload this. But um, the end conclusion he makes that I thought was actually pretty important. He says, "If we believe by faith that God inspired the Bible, we need also to believe that God is okay with how the Bible actually works, and therefore by faith, so should we." Mm-hmm. And I think that's a good way to like kind of think about it. Is like. Mm. If God is like not upset about the way the scripture is pr- represented, then we should trust in that too. <laughs> like, so that's that's kind of where I'm at with it. Is like, uh, has 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 God ever said uh, in the scripture, or has God uh, did John have a revelation where it said like there will come a time when the Bible just isn't true? <laughs> like I mean, right. we haven't read that. So yeah, we, that's not, you know that's not there. Yep, yep, that's not so, there. So in uh, Romans 15, verse three and four, and then I'm going to be done with my little, my little section here uh, is um, what I think is another really good way of describing second Timothy three, what I read before in like another way. And still Paul, he's speaking in a different situation, but he's speaking almost within the same kind of thought process. And he says, for Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. And then in verse four, it says, for whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. And Mm -hmm. so he's not saying that the scriptures are bad or wrong or contradictory. He's saying these are the scriptures are the scriptures for a reason. Christ, Christ. And, and the things he did was all for a reason. The scriptures were written for a reason. And we as believers need to like acknowledge that and use the scriptures. And so if Paul is saying this and we, we want to com- completely believe that Paul's entire ministry was uh, basically God saying, this is, this is my guy who needs to instruct these future churches. And like, we have to believe that what he is saying has, the full weight and backing of God. So to me, it makes a lot of sense that um, when we look back at scripture, we need to feel the same way about it, that it's good for teaching. It's good for um, living a righteous life and it is God breathed and God inspired. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There you go. Okay. Yeah. That's it. Where are we at Zach? What's next? Awesome. Um, So you had written a question down. What if we did believe that the Bible had some contradictions so I think this is kind of like leading out um, maybe like the flip side of the issue that we were talking about a second ago. Um, and so that kind of brought up a, another, so I'm going to answer this question with a question, but um, <laughs> you know, to me, this kind of makes me think of like the slippery slope kind of issue where um, mm-hmm. maybe you believe that there's some contradictions here or there, some inaccuracies in the Bible, and maybe you feel like, okay, I can pick apart, parts of scripture and well you know take that to its logical conclusion eventually you kind of end up unraveling there's this word that a lot of younger people our age i guess people our age and younger than us too 
will use sometimes. I don't know if y'all heard of it, but um, it's called um, deconstruction. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. 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 So people will now often say like, I'm a deconstructed Christian. And it's it's a lot of, a lot of them are like people like Gunger. (laughs) I was going to, I was actually going to maybe mention that if that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I guess my question is, is there any truth to, slippery slopes are technically not considered good arguments but is there a problem with like where um where the um logic will take you forward if um you begin to have doubts about god's word and you start to see contradictions in it like do you think that that might uh take people to a bad place um i just i I think that you were really really onto something zach with the idea that like the enemy loves that yeah like that's such like a that that's such a sneaky way to like ruin god's work you Mm -hmm. know like a a strong believer starts to like like contradictions lead to doubt that's the problem the biggest problem and that's why i think those two scriptures are so important because they're saying like we need to continue to have hope in god and use these scriptures for our life. Like they, Mm. we need to continue to believe in them. And when you start to see what you might perceive to be a contradiction, and then your reaction to that is to say, yeah, it's all, it's, it's all BS. I'm, 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 I'm awakened now. And I Mm -hmm. realize that's like Gunger said this. And I think that this is (laughs) exactly what, what we're talking about. he said, Gunger said when uh, he reads the Bible, he leaves plenty of room for metaphor, nuance, and myth. Yeah. <laughs> and the, no. the, the problem with that is that once you start believing that God's word is not like absolute truth, even if it is allegorical, and you believe that it's more metaphor, nuance, or myth, then you start to doubt and you start to feel that the Bible doesn't have weight and yeah, God's word doesn't have weight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, th- I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with believing that certain a- certain parts of scripture are metaphor. There are parts that clearly 100% are metaphor. And well, Sermon on the Mount, he gives plenty of metaphors, but well, they're well, parables. Well, well, you know, Jesus but, teaches but, but, in parables. Right, well, 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 but, but I'm, I, yes, yes. But I'm thinking more like, like what, what is described to us in Revelation? Uh, like for example, mm-hmm. chapter seven. Oh, well, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So, so I mean, there's a lot of things where they're trying to use their current viewpoints, what, their current knowledge to describe things they don't fully understand. You know, like 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 the idea of scorpions with armored bellies. You know, that stings. Mm-hmm. It, 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 they're they're trying to get an idea across, but it's really difficult to do because they've never seen something like this before. You know, the yeah. a- angels with their, you know, with the, with the heads, multiple heads are covered in eyes. And he's like, what yeah. in the world? You know, and so, so we don't have a clear image, but they're trying to describe it as best they possibly can. And, and, and we also get the parts of scripture where you've got the, uh, we got the woman who is surrounded by, by clouds with set with 12 stars, you know, giving yeah. birth. Clearly that, that idea is, is trying to give the idea of the seven stars of, uh, you know, seven tribes of Israel and giving birth to the Messiah. Mm. It's a very metaphorical viewpoint, but it's hard to understand how all this all fits together. And sometimes I think saying this is hard is okay. But the yeah, difference between yeah. saying this is hard and this is a contradiction. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I just think, I think you're right, Zach. I think it's a slippery slope because I think I really do. I like 
from from an atheist standpoint okay so like if i was an atheist trying to convince a christian that christianity was all bullcrap i would try and use one little contradiction because i would know that if they couldn't answer one little thing that their absolute truth gets like destroyed yeah. right looking for a so gotcha from, gotta get a gotcha in there. right right gotcha so moments. so that that viewpoint from an argument standpoint would be successful if yeah. christians for any like if a true believer actually decided to doubt god but and i hate to keep quoting james no i don't i love to quote james <laughs> i was about to i was about to lie uh, I'm about to lie on myself there for a second. Um, so uh, in James, uh, I think this is very, very clearly th the problem. And that is, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God. This is verse five of James one. It says, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. And then here's the caveat, though. But let him ask in faith without doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is double-minded and unstable in all of his ways. And what I'm trying to say is you can question the Lord, but you should never doubt the Lord. Like, mm -hmm. even if I was like, sure, yeah. God, this scripture does not make sense. Yeah. I really need you to explain this to me because I'm just, I can't even wrap my head around it. And then you need to follow up that statement with, but I still trust you. Yeah. I know that I know it's true. I just need to, I need to maybe just yeah. read a yeah. little deeper. Yeah, but, I think there's room for yeah. like struggling and questioning. And I think there's even room for like struggling with doubt, but it's like, are you wrestling with your doubt or are right. you letting your doubt basically kick your butt and lead you away? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, 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 and so and I right. think, yeah. you know, with, with uh, the deconstruction um, trend that we see, um, I thought that John Cooper, I talk about him a lot, guy from skillet um he had said something either on one of his podcasts or on an interview or something that he was talking about how people like celebrity pastors and like celebrity worship leaders and stuff get led astray all the time and they say they've deconstructed their faith and they usually say oh i've had all these questions and um the church hasn't really helped answer them and it's like well it's not that those answers aren't there you just have to like look at scripture a bit more deeply, you know, maybe mm -hmm. read some theologians or some church fathers who've like talked about these issues. Like, you know, yeah. why would, um, why would a good God allow someone to go to hell is a question. And people go, see, there's no answer to that. It's like, yeah, it's there like, is. You have to like read the word and like really dig in. To people have been out. asking this question yeah. for centuries and yeah, every single generation with it every single generation it keeps getting yeah. answered over and yeah. over again just yeah. people don't want to have the answer yes they're yeah. not actually looking they're looking for a reason to not believe. yeah and so i guess that's more of like you've now believed that there are is some kind of contradiction or that there are problems with the scripture and now you're just unraveling and you're letting yourself be unraveled yeah um there, so, right. you know, when you are truly wrestling with things, you might, there might not be a clear answer for every question you can think of, but there are, um, there are ways to, um, get to know the heart of God better by studying his word. And you do find a lot of answers to, to most of the essential things that you need to know. Um, you can find answers and you can find faith for the things that aren't answered just yet, but will be in the world to come. So. 
So, so here's, here's a really scary thing and I'm just going to float this out and then I'll let, uh, I'll bring it back to you all. I know you got some more context stuff to talk about, but like I've heard atheists even, you know, I've heard a lot of, I think it's, it's quite a stretch, but I've heard people make this argument that, that Jesus, the figure himself probably didn't exist. That kind of argument I've heard people mm-hmm. make. Which is strange um, because that argument didn't it wasn't even wasn't even in question um, until the like the eighties yeah. or nineties. No, right. no one even questioned you know whether or not until the nineteen. When I say eighties, I'm talking about nineteen eighties or nineteen. It's only been like in one generation that people even begin the possibility of questioning whether or not Jesus even existed. I don't even I, question I it historically that, before this point. I believe that that kind of coincides, and I'm and. Uh, I don't want to give validity to this because I I really don't think it this yeah. is like a, a thing. But the Satanic Church, like the Satanic yeah. Bible, and that author guy who made the Satanic Bible and stuff, um, all of that came up in the late seventies, and then the eighties was kind of like the first like kind of rise of that. And you know, you got like the Satanic Panic and all that stuff. And I think a lot of that started floating out as almost like a um, like a kind of like a not so serious trolling but yes yes uh, but 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 so now in modern day like 2021 i have heard people try and make a like a solid case about jesus not existing the mm-hmm. the reason why that is interesting for the context of contradiction is mm-hmm. that you could you could try and um explain away everything in the bible and say that like it was just writer error and people were just making up stuff and humans were the ones who wrote it and that's why it's you know you could make all these different arguments Mm -hmm. but jesus existed and the things that he did happened and they were recorded not just by this bible but by like romans and like what i'm trying to say is these these people really did exist and these people really did do the things that are being said in the scripture so if you are a non-christian and you look these things up and you realize that jesus existed even if you try and deflate everything else in the bible as you know allegory or something you're you're never going to be able to get the past the fact that jesus did what he did Mm -hmm. and then where do you go from there you're like well everything is you know bullcrap but this guy died on a cross, yeah. uh, rose mm-hmm. from the dead, and ascended into heaven. Now, to me, it just—I think it's—it's uh, almost like you could make a slippery slope argument the other way. Start with an atheist on, uh, and say, like, can you unexplain this? <laughs> like, and then build Christianity from there, from the ground up. Start with the cornerstone and just move uh, left and right. But like, so the, my, my, my thing is like, because the validity of the scriptures is like kind of paramount, like it's always been such a strong thing that no one can really like just completely take down as much as they may try throughout the, the centuries. Um, it's, it's, it's because you can't like, in, at the end of the day, you can't really completely deny truth. You can like change facts in a court. You can, but truth mm-hmm. is truth. I, 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 that's, that's kind of my difference is like facts. You can, you can mix up facts, but truth is truth. So there you go. Sorry. Rant over. Truth doesn't care about your facts. Truth. Truth doesn't care about your facts, Colin. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Zach, wh- wh- why don't we begin getting into some of these contradictions here? 
Okay. So, so we, we, we tried to go through, we actually tried to look up some contradictions and evaluate them and see what's in it, mm-hmm. what, what, where, where, where they're trying to go with this, where this came from, and et cetera, et cetera. Okay. Yeah, so we said, um, how do we handle some of the things that seem to be contradictory? Is that fair? Is that kind of what we were asking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, okay. yeah, we'll start there. Yeah. That's a great place okay. to start. All right. So... And- and we wouldn't. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. I was just going to say, a, a lot of this. If I if I believe there was a contradiction in the Bible, a lot of it wouldn't have anything to do with like pro, like slam dunking an atheist. Mm-hmm. It would be more for me to, to resolve, understand what's yeah, going on. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's that's what we actually have written here. The answer: start by trying to understand what is going on. That's what's right. going on? Um, I think. Hey! What's going on here? So there's um there were a couple different examples that I found um and they just kind of get back to like what is the issue at hand like what Mm -hmm. could be causing the contradiction. So you might ask yourself um is this a just a translation issue? Um and a lot of times what's helpful is looking at like different versions of the scriptures. Like I noticed a lot of the like slam dunk like here's an atheist perspective here's something that's a contradiction a lot of it tends to come from the king james because the way the english is rendered is different and it can be very confusing Mm -hmm. um so there's one example where genesis 1 and genesis 2 both have accounts of the creation and if you read it a certain way especially in the king james um it kind of almost makes it seem like it's told differently and like it contradicts so like um, in chapter one, it clearly talks about how God had created like all the, all the animals on the earth and then created Adam last. Um, but then like it in Genesis two, it might seem like God created Adam and it says that he formed all the, uh, beasts of the field and then brought them to Adam to be named. Um, but the Greek actually uses a, um, a tense that English doesn't have. It's called the, well, maybe English does have it. I'm not sure. It's called the pluperfect, um, which basically describes like a completed action. And so other like more modern translations have changed it uh, to say um, in English, the Lord God had formed all the animals of the field. And so he brought them to Adam. <laughs> and so right. it's like saying, okay, well this is describing something. It's like reminding you, Oh yeah, this already took place. Right. Um, so that's one. Is it just like not translated correctly? Um, or is the translation a bit confusing? Because you tense. are talking about a different language, right? Like the tense yeah. of, of, of language is tough. Like past mm-hmm. tense, present tense, future tense. There's more All than just those really, three. Really like there's perfect, pluperfect, imperfect, yeah. aorist. <laughs> so, right. So in English, it's easy because you can just mm-hmm. say, I did, I do. I'm going to do yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Um, but but Greek, like uh, Greek and Hebrew have that like plu perfect. So it's like having had this happen before. <laughs> mm-hmm. <Right. laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if any of you have already seen, completed, <laughs> if any of you had ever seen the the big bang theory, I don't watch it very much, but um, it, it, I was looking at uh, a clip cause it reminded me of this episode. We're going to be talking about tonight he, there they're kind of like they're sort of trying to deconstruct or they're trying to 
um, get rid of any loopholes in the Back to the Future series. Stop me if you've seen this, Zach. Do you have you seen this? I'm trying to. And think they start, I, I, I've seen this clip. I know what you're talking <laughs> about. And they say they they phrase things like they they were going to had done that <laughs> in the future, <laughs> like because they're saying they had to go to the past and then go back to the future. Yeah. And so like they start like double tensing yeah. all of their phrasing, and that's kind of what sort of happens sometimes because when you look back at scripture you're like god had done this thing but knew he was going to do this thing so yeah he did do it yes but it was a different time other languages actually in some ways have better grammar than english I, I, yeah. even if they're ancient like um greek greek is so greek is weird because like translating greek is like doing math it's like it's so exact <laughs> It's like, I remember trying to learn Greek for seminary and it was like, it was tough. Like it was almost like doing algebra. Like you would literally like make <laughs> equations out of these sentences and like chart them out so that you could understand what was going on. And if you didn't have it exactly right, you had no idea what it was. Saying. <laughs> um, um, a, a Greek, a Greek philosopher might've said, um, like the sands of an hourglass. So are the days of our lives. <laughs> If you know your uh, Socrates of our lives. Oh my goodness. Um, another one, another issue might be context. And, you know, so we've talked about context a little bit already, but um, one example I found was um, Acts 2.21 versus Matthew 7.21. Um, in Acts 2.21, Peter is talking to this crowd of people and he says, um, all who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Um, but Jesus, when he's, giving the Sermon on the Mount in um, Matthew 7, 21, he says, not all who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Right. And so that is, that's really similar to your uh, Jessica and taking the dog out example from earlier. It is, which is why it's completely <laughs> just, dependent on the context. If you just take right. those two sentences, just mm -hmm. and nothing else at complete face value, they do seem to contradict. Um, sure. But obviously in uh, Acts, Peter's speaking to this crowd and he's like urging them to have genuine faith in Jesus. So it can kind of be assumed that he's talking about like literally calling on the Lord like mm -hmm. and having faith in him. Mm -hmm. Right. And Jesus, if you go look at what he says in Matthew, he's talking about um, false teachers. Right, but yeah. right, but yeah. so also right, but also not everyone um, who says Lord, Lord, meaning that like some people are fake, you know. Right, but yeah. but also, um, just like Paul, like I mean, Acts has Paul in it too, but but at this mm -hmm. point we're talking about Peter, but Paul goes to all these different people, the Corinthians. That's true. The, mm -hmm. You know, he goes to all these different people, and he will say to them sort of a different rhetoric than what he said to the other people but it's not that those two things are coming from two different gods or something he is tailor making a message for that specific people mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. if if everybody in oh man let me try and think of a good example if everybody in a village had a pet parrot on their shoulder and he came in to the town Paul and he's like listen not everybody that has a parrot on their shoulder will receive the kingdom of heaven and they're all like what 
you insult this, like our, our thing, our specific thing for this town. And then he goes to another town and one guy's got a parrot on his shoulder. And he's like, that's a great parrot you got on your shoulder right there, buddy. It's a good job on that. And people are like, see, look at that. Look, see. And I say, no, two different towns, two different peoples. They need a different message. That's what I'm saying. That's a bad example, isn't it? <laughs> no, I mean, there are, there are things like that with Paul because he does tell, I think, the Corinthians, like, um, you already know um, what you need to know from the scripture and it's easy to understand and you have no confusion with it. And he tells like another crowd, I forget where in a different book, he says um, like, Oh, you need to make sure you read carefully and are not confused by the scripture. Right. <laughs> well, the, right, he's but, talking to right. two different congregations at two different levels. Like one of them already knew a lot about the scripture and like knew him like really well. And he had taught them a lot. Yeah, I mean, Paul even Paul even sort of distinguishes between certain peoples too, and that's uh, this mm-hmm. is maybe a little more controversial than we need to get on this episode. But um, I, I remember I'm trying to remember what book it's from, but he says, um, I think he says something along the lines of the Jews will be uh, will be saved because of Jesus, but the Gentiles will be saved for Jesus. Uh, uh, never mind. I'm not, I'm not going to paraphrase. I'm just going to look it up while we're doing the episode. So I know not to say the wrong thing, gotcha. but he's basically comparing like the kind of the salvation of God's chosen people versus like other people that will come. Mm-hmm. And he's, and he's, he's saying it's still going to be about Jesus, but the con the context of how salvation will come is going to be a little different. And he's saying, yeah. like, and I think that's a good example of, what we're saying here we're saying that like even situational and people context needs to be taken into account would you guys not uh would you guys not agree no that, that? that no, yeah. no i, I, th- I think yep. what you're saying is accurate yeah yep yeah it's why it helps you understand things like revelation um like the letters to the churches you know mm-hmm. where it says like um you know if you're neither cold nor hot God will spit you out from his mouth. And yeah. you realize that uh, Laodicea was like next to a certain like place where like a spring mm-hmm. water came out from the ground that was kind of lukewarm and it was really gross. <laughs> like, right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, Bob, didn't you put some notes here? Um, yeah, I've about, got a few more here as about well. Other contexts, like what kind of book we're looking at. Yes, yes. And so, so, so you, you talk quite a bit about, uh, began that process, and we talk so much about context. But um, I also found that, you know, is asking the question, is this a historical book? Is it, in, is it an instructional book? Or is it a poetic book? Those things matter. Um, mm-hmm. Because, for example, you don't read First or Second Samuel as instructions. You recognize that these are historical books. These are describing what has happened. You know, um, most famously, yes. this is these are the books that that tell the tale of, of King David, you know. And so, yeah, they're not instructional. You don't want to be standing on your castle looking down on women who are bathing and then go have mm-hmm. an affair with them, get them pregnant yeah. and then kill their husband. That's Much not- less do you want to use uh, <laughs> judges as an instructional book. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Judges. We're going to get it. I've got judges mentioned a couple of times. Yeah. Um, but but likewise. So. So, I mean, that is not instructional. Um, likewise, you don't want to look at Psalms as instructional either. You know, they're, 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 they're poetic. They, they, they represent a, a, a purpose and that purpose is expressing 
a people's viewpoints at that point in time. So, for example, in Psalm 137, where it says, happy are those who bash their uh, babies' heads against rocks, you're not actually supposed to go (laughs) to your enemies. You're not supposed to go to your enemies and steal their babies and kill. No, no, that's not what it's saying. There is no Christian out there who is rightfully going to advocate for that and be considered to be sane. Uh, no, it, that, that's that's not accurate. But the scriptures do say that in Psalm 137. Why? Because this was a people who was who was lamenting their position. They were angry with where they were. They were in captivity when that psalm was written. You know, and they so they were angry with the enemies who had captivated them. You know, and, and, and taken them off. And so so that was them expressing it. That was not a command. It was mm-hmm. a poetic expression of how they felt, not a command from God for things we should be doing. And so those right. th- those that level of context matters. Um, also, looking at uh, is this a command or is it an action? Uh, one of the things that came up uh, when I was doing my research was the, the, these passages from Leviticus, where it says, "Don't let your seed pass through the fire of Molech." In other words, which is a very King Jamesy way of saying, don't perform cha- child sacrifices. Don't let your offspring, your seed, pass yeah. through fires through in the form of child sacrifices. And in Judges 11, we have this weird story where a man promises God that he'll sacrifice the first person who he sees when he returns from this great adventure if he just lets him be successful. He was successful, and it, it turns out to be his daughter you know, who comes through, the daughter which he loves greatly, his only daughter, and he laments the fact that, no, I promised God that I'm going to sacrifice her. And this is, seems to be condoned. No one stops him from mm-hmm. sacrificing his daughter and judges. Ju- judges is so wild because they didn't have the scriptures to really go off at this point. You know, in the history, it, 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 there, there, was, there wasn't people who was really even following scripture. That really doesn't come around really till Samuel, in all honesty. You know, that where we actually yeah, start getting they, some direction. When of, they go back is, and they find the scrolls of like Deuteronomy and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The scrolls were mm-hmm. lost. The the, yeah. the the word was lost, and so and, and, and so we we have this weird perspective. Judges is not instructional. Leviticus was instructional for a very particular people at a time. Mm-hmm. You know, right. and I think we still can say that part of Leviticus still holds true. You don't do child sacrifices. You know, and so so many of these examples I found uh, when we're looking through where God commanded one thing, but the people yeah. did something different. Okay, well, that's not a contradiction. That's humans being humans. Yeah. And, and, and so it's many ways no more contradictory than Jessica telling Colin to do one thing and yeah. Colin doing another. Jessica still said it. It's still the law of the home. <laughs> yeah, you yeah know, right. Whether or not Colin followed through with it, it, you know, it is still God's law. Right. And so the fact that Jews failed at following the law isn't a contradiction to scripture, but evidence to why Christ's sacrifice was necessary. Yes. Yeah. That's what a lot of the Old Testament points to is the, the necessity of the sacrifice. I was reading in uh, Galatians uh, either four or five earlier this week, and it was talking about that, like the law was around pretty much for the purpose of showing us our sin. And yeah. so by that, it really can do nothing but condemn. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so you have to be saved in in Jesus. So like, there's no way you're going to uphold the law. But if this was yeah. fake, how how easy would it be for an author just to make things up that go along with God's law, mm-hmm. what law, God's law commanded? Yeah. But, but the scriptures don't do that. As a matter of fact, it's, the scriptures is one of the only religious texts out there that places their heroes, the the, the great leaders in a negative light. No, yeah. no other no other historical text does that. 
you know, mm. but the scriptures do because this is what happened. And, and so it, it, the historical books give both the good and the bad. And this is what you would expect from yeah. an accurate telling of history. The- I had wanted to do a, a few episodes for a while. Maybe we'll do this sometime, but just comparing um, certain parts of scripture to the um, similar ones from other cultures at the time. Ooh, like, you know, there's like a, yeah. Cause there's, um, there's a bunch of stories from Genesis are in like the Babylonian like scriptures mm-hmm. as well, but they're completely different. Like Gilgamesh has like a guy who gets in a boat, and survives mm. a world flood but in gilgamesh the gods like flood the world because they're bored <laughs> so yeah. like all the differences between the bible and the other versions of the biblical stories highlight like who god is because it's completely different and i think that what you're talking about bob is part of it because like yeah. Yeah, they could have made up a bunch of stuff about King David and they could have depicted him as this like mighty conqueror or whatever, but they showed like all of his flaws Mm -hmm. and that actually kind of hurts their credibility in a lot of ways and yet they keep it in there. So that's a good um, measure of truth, maybe of a historical fact because it's, you know, showing like the good and the bad side. Now, this next one I pulled from atheist.org. Now, mm-hmm. if, if, if I was struggling with this idea of faith and if I was actually looking into atheism, you would think that atheist.org would be one of the first places I go to to say, well, well why do atheists think they're right, you know, or, or looking for issues against the Bible? Yeah. And this next one I pulled from there, and you're going to find why I begin to get a little frustrated. Okay, The, the, the idea here was the fact that they point out the fact that um, – that in Exodus, it tells the it, part of God's law that gets laid out in Exodus is the fact that you towards the end of Exodus is that you don't have incest. You know, incest mm-hmm. is wrong. Okay. Yeah. Well, then they point to as a contradiction to Exodus. They point to Genesis, mm-hmm. which came before Exodus, to the 19. idea that yeah, to the well, the idea that Abraham was yeah. married to his sister Sarah. Now, if you understand the story of Abraham, you understand he was not married to his sister. Yeah. He, so it's not even true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sarah was not his sister, but he did tell Pharaoh that he was his sister in order to keep Pharaoh because he yeah. believed that Pharaoh was going to kill him. He, he lied to Pharaoh. Yeah. So, 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 so number one, they're completely wrong on the comparison to begin yeah. with. And number two, Exodus was given to the Israeli people. The Israeli people named after... Israel, the name that was given to Jacob, who was the grandson of Abraham. Mm-hmm. How is Abraham supposed to be held accountable to the law that was given to his grandson's yeah. descendants? Yeah. It, 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 you know, we're talking 500. How do you how do you hold somebody accountable to a law 500 years before they were they, they, yeah. before they it just it just it bothered me the lack of actual yeah. there's they did think, no no digging at all th- th- there was zero <laughs> whatsoever yeah, th- just reading it one time <laughs> I, I mean th- this is a th- this is absolute laziness mm. when it comes to coming I, I i'm looking for a smoking gun i'm looking for the hard questions and this is what you give me at atheist.org <laughs> well again this is garbage this is absolute <laughs> garbage oh yeah and i question though like whether it's truly laziness or if it's on purpose did god really say <laughs> right you right. know did, did god really say that yeah 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 and you, and you could be right there you could be right yeah 
Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and, you know, Abraham was sort of in trouble for lying. If I recall, God was not super yeah. happy with him about that, even though the Ten Commandments had not been given at Mount Sinai yet. Yeah. There was he, still like... Um, he understood of, some level of a moral code there. There was a self-evident morality that mm-hmm. even existed then. Yeah. Absolutely. There you go. Now, now this next one, I came, uh, I, I recall this came up from a pastor of ours many years ago who actually brought up when someone asked well, about contradiction in the Bible. And he kind of held the viewpoint that, you know, well, yeah, there, there might be, there are some things that are hard to understand, you know, and he brought, and the pastor brought up second Samuel uh, 24, nine, where a census mm-hmm. is given and first Chronicles 21, five, where it's another account, a recounting of that same census. Yeah. Okay. So for those who don't know, second Samuel and first Chronicles were, is a retelling of the same, same story. They're parallels. But, but from different prophets at different regions uh, of, of Israel. At this point, the kingdom, had, uh, when the time like they Peter were written, I think they were split. Yeah. So, so yeah. And, and, and so, and so you get, so you're doing a census, you know, so why are these two accounts of the same event different? Well, one gives 1,100,000 men in Israel and 470,000 in Judah to, to who could be pulled up and brought into this war. And the next one was 800,000 men in Israel and 500,000 in Judah. And they're supposed to be the exact same accounts of the situation. Well, commentators have looked in this for many years. Once again, there's nothing new under the sun. You know, they've looked at this and they believe that first Chronicles isn't, isn't not including the standing armies of Israel, but men who were, who were merely ready to fight. You could think of it as, is how many men are there in the military or are there available for military use and how many men are available for being drafted? It's kind of the, the questions are very similar, but the first one includes mm-hmm. people who are already active members. And the second question says how many are not active members, but could be pulled in. Hmm. Mm. See, you, you see the difference there. So first Chronicles 27, for example, tells us that each of the 12 tribes already had a standing army of 24,000 men. Yeah. Totaling 228,000 plus an independent 12,000 standing army men uh, of chariots in Jerusalem. 228 plus 12,000 is the missing 300,000. Likewise, 2 Samuel is missing 30,000 men in Judah, which is likely made up from where 2 Samuel 6, 1, where David had already gathered up a, a set of choice men or chosen men and they were in use. And so the, these people were likely in use and maybe even mm. stationed in Judah already. And so that's why there's some slight discrepancies here. And, and, and so when you look at these on the surface, you say, well, these numbers are completely different. But you also got to remember another aspect of the culture, and that's the fact that Jews did not take exact numbers seriously. Yeah. Well, that was the the ancient world. Yeah. Ancient, like writing. The, the, the idea of having yeah. numbers exact and, and their exact placements, when, especially when it comes to counting people, that didn't really come around until the Greek culture. That's a Greek yeah. influence. That wasn't, that, yeah. Hebrews, Hebrews really didn't care as much about numbers they just kind of almost threw them out flippantly and almost symbolically more so than anything else and so yeah and and so so although these we can rationalize these numbers we also got to remember that hebrews didn't take numbers seriously so we got to be careful Mm -hmm. in the when the cultural context Mm -hmm. of even looking at the counting of numbers yeah i think that flows into the next point 
really, really well about the gospels not being exactly the same. Oh, which man, the I gospels. thought about this an awful lot, but I think one thing to bear in mind, even with that um, being said, is that ancient biographies, there are, we have a lot of biographies of people mm-hmm. written from like the Romans, from the Babylonians and stuff. Biographies were not like documentaries. <laughs> like they weren't, yeah. you yeah. know, they they were not like um they weren't scholarly like they weren't necessarily giving exact dates all the time honestly like the um the information that we have on oh, jesus man. through the gospels is actually really accurate compared to a lot of other retellings like you um you didn't focus on like how someone was born you focused on how they died you know, mm. for instance, mm-hmm. you might start there and then start talking about other parts of their life. Um, it was non-linear, you know, it was told like, or it was like arranged thematically and stuff like a Christopher Nolan film or something. Yeah. And, <laughs> and you know, and we see that arrangement in, uh, w- w- when we're looking at the gospels, mm-hmm. many of the stories are, that we, ha- that we have are told in a very different order, depending John on which, which one you're a looking different at. order. Uh, like a lot of the things in John are different. Like, um, yeah. Like you don't like the baptism of Jesus in the other gospels is usually towards the beginning, but in uh, John, it's like after he's already talking to Nicodemus. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so in the gospels, we do see some so some other things. Like for example, Luke doesn't mention Mary and Joseph fleeing to Egypt, so that mm-hmm. means apparently it didn't happen according to the atheists. You know, that, that's a contradiction, the fact that they didn't leave it out. Never mind the fact they didn't they, they don't mention any much about his childhood yeah. at all. You know, uh, John says that Jesus carried his own cross, but Mark says that Simon of, of Cyrene carried yeah. it for him. You know, well, that doesn't mean that Jesus never carried his cross at all. You know, uh, in Matthew, Jesus says to love the Lord with your, all your heart, soul, mind. In Luke, Jesus says to love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Yeah. You know, yeah, like, well, <laughs> sorry. Strength um, is really important, and that's why Jesus mentioned it. And whoever said the first thing, uh, <laughs> bad on them. You know, but but this idea here, what, what people need to remember is that the Gospels is 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 witness accounts, witness testimony of the tellings of Jesus. Nobody was sitting there while things were unfolding and documenting it were as in real time as it was happening. Mm. That's not how this went, worked. This is an eyewitness account, and anyone who who knows the slightest bit of forensics knowledge will tell you that multiple eyewitnesses are never identical. There yeah. will always be minor differences between accounts as the human mind is flawed. There's been so many studies, so many even documentaries on how the human memory can be flawed. Mm-hmm. We might misremember letters on a license plate or the color of a jacket yeah. or, or maybe even whether or not the perpetrator had eyeglasses. It, it, it's, you know, it just, it's so hard. But with enough accounts, we can kind of begin to piece yeah. together uh, what we believe to be, it'd be a fairly accurate truth. As a matter of fact, I'm sorry, go ahead. When they look at eyewitness testimony, one of the things they look for is, are all these word for word exactly the same? And that's an indicator that it's rehearsed. Absolutely it is. We expect minor differences in the Gospels as each one is being written written Mm -hmm. or told from a different person's memory. You know, and even Luke, Luke didn't have firsthand account uh, when he wrote his book. He interviewed others to, mm-hmm. to, to, to form the book of Luke. You know, so what doesn't change are the major things. 
we we know Jesus was born in Beth. Every account says he was born in Bethlehem. He was born in a manger. You know, we, we we've got the tellings of the wise men. You know, some say he fled to Egypt. Some leave that part out. That doesn't mean it didn't happen. You know, we we we. we uh, we have several accounts of him as a child going to the temple and being left behind by the family. We know we, yeah. we, we have most of his, his his teachings are quite similar, if not a, a very very close in on most of these scriptures. We know he was he was falsely accused. We know he claimed himself to be God. He died on the cross. He rose from the dead three days later. The major things don't change. You know, was it was it heart soul and mind or was it heart soul mind and strength? Who cares? Love the Lord your God with everything in you is what he was saying. Mm-hmm. There you go. <laughs> yeah. It just seems like, um, like going back to that scripture from earlier, um, it seems like the scriptures are supposed to be for something else, not for like each, each account of something that happens in the scriptures isn't, shouldn't be looked at as discrepancy it should look be looked at as like more context to the story yeah. exactly so, uh, exactly means, from another person's perspective giving more yeah. context in this god the breathe book we have before us and i love to think about it in a fun scenario because i've been the silly color commentator tonight I'll continue <laughs> in that fashion um let's say that a, a news crew shows up to a burning arby's like arby's uh sandwich restaurant mm-hmm. And they interview three people, and it's a, a scared woman with a child on her hand. Is one and of them that, like, like, weird guy from the internet? <laughs> oh, and the oh. lights burn so brightly. Yes, uh, take me to your leader, the fire did claim. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that guy? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's pretty cool, I guess. Rainy. <laughs> All right, so, so, you know, a news person comes up to the first person, and they say... Um, Oh, it was so terrible. You know, this fire just like came out of nowhere. Oh, my, my child started screaming and, uh, I, you know, I almost lost her. And, uh, and then they're like, okay, well, how did the fire start? And they're like, I don't know. So they go to the next person and he's like, dude, I was just there to get me a sandwich. And they told me to what this put, my, put my cigarette <laughs> out. And I said, I'll put my cigarette out wherever I want to. <laughs> And I didn't even take a sandwich from there. I'm glad the place is burning. And they're like, huh, well, how'd the fire start? And he's like, shoot, I don't know. And then the third guy was like, yo, my house is right across the street. Do we do an interview with me and my wife? We just got married. And it's like, you have these like little pieces. like So you're trying to like fit it all together in that same, you know what I'm saying? So like, yeah. Uh, yeah. does, does like, so me and Zach talked about that uh, with, with, with Ken about, um, uh, Paul and Peter and Paul being like, yeah, you, you act one way to these people. And then you act another way to the circumcision party. You, you, you're, you're like a hypocrite, but mm-hmm. then it's like, Paul's accounts different where he's like, Oh, I hung out with, uh, I'm sorry. Peter's accounts different. Cause he's like, Oh, I hung mm-hmm. out with uh, Paul and it was cool. He was a good guy. Mm-hmm. Taught me a lot. <laughs> it's he like, doesn't, he doesn't mention the conflict, <laughs> right? He doesn't mention the conflict. So uh, it, that's, that's, that's my favorite thing about different, versions is that we get a fuller context having four gospels that all tell slightly different stories gives us a a better context yeah for what has happened in those situations it doesn't uh refute another one (laughs) absolutely it's just silly i don't know to think of it that way yeah yeah no yeah absolutely 
You also so, have to read the gospels for like what they are like on their own, each for their own merit. Um, yeah. You can't just like blend them all together all the time. Cause well, they, you got, they're doing different things thematically with the way they like order and like present things. Now there is a Bible out there. Um, yeah. That, that actually takes all of scripture and tries to reorganize each segment chronologically, chronologically to the best, yeah. to the best of our ability. And it's like that a, gets, it's like a fan edit of yeah. like the Star Wars prequels or something. Yeah, <laughs> yes, it, it gets really strange when the Gospels come about because you know, yeah, it, yeah, it, tr- trying to organize those chronologically. I, I mean, some of them, it's like which one of these did come first because it really just depends on which Gospel you get to first. Mm-hmm. I I prefer the anime Bible where um, Abraham uh, <laughs> like gets like a dark like eyed face and then pulls out a knife yeah. and then it's like through the air and uh isaac's like ah. <laughs> it does like an anime like comic strip <laughs> oh my goodness yeah so yeah well the, the the last one i've got here uh the last of these contradictions i want to talk about was uh was this non-tradictions idea- yes yes non-tradictions um, yeah. Where where they point out uh, that's once again is, is is an actual contradiction I found on one of these on one of these sites one of these atheistic view uh, points of views trying to debunk the Bible through contradiction points out that in Exodus twenty one that it says uh, that repaying an eye for an eye and a life for a life is what the scriptures say mm-hmm. and then in Matthew five Jesus says to turn the other cheek instead yes you know. And, and so, so therefore, therefore it is a contradiction because you have two separate of two parts of scripture that are, that are in conflict with the commands that are given to the people, uh, which I just, I, I, I find this one to be so strange because I'm first of all confused on why they're surprised or view it as a contradiction that Jesus is pushing people to show grace or why they're surprised that God would desire to move people forward with time you know why is it would be to be um or, or more specifically why would uh, why would they would be surprised that god wants more out of us today mm. than he did 10 generations prior you know uh, we, you know we we also see things like like another one of these similar arguments is like how the bible treats women um where before the law women had no value at all yeah you know, mm-hmm. they were less than property by all surrounding countries. And the law stated that women had value and doing wrong to them would cost mm-hmm. you. And then God moves society further and further forward with throughout scriptures, pushing the value of women um, so that they can have a leading roles in the Bible. Deborah and Ruth becoming two obvious examples of this. But by the time we get to Jesus, we have classic examples of Mary and Martha. I, Mary- I struggle with this one a little bit. Do you? Um, I, I do. This is one that I've always kind of thought that I believed, and I think I still do to a certain okay. point. Um, I guess I just I've been thinking lately about like, and maybe we should. This could be like its own episode. I don't want to sidebar us for too long because sure. um, we're getting close to the end anyway. Um, yeah. But I guess if you take that to its logical conclusion, and if you're not fully like recognizing like what God is doing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I feel like you can kind of come out with more of like a progressive sort of outlook where you're like, well, you know, the Bible is this way because it was so backwards back then. And like, what's God doing now? It's been 2000 years since Jesus. So obviously, he's going to God keep, changes. Uh, yeah, a God's lot of changing his, his mind. Later. Yeah. 
I, well, see, I, well, see, I don't see God yeah. changes his mind here. He's simply saying that yeah. women have value, they have yeah. worth, and he's pushing be- mm-hmm. before the same way that Jesus says, well, you've heard yeah. it said this, well, now I'm telling you this, you know, yeah. I'm taking it a step further. You know, you've heard it, you've heard it said that to love, to love your neighbor. Well, I'm telling you, love your enemy as well. I you guess know? what I'm kind of, what I'm kind of getting at here is I'm not, I, mm-hmm. we know that God doesn't change. We, all three of us agree on that. There's no yeah. shadow of turning with him. Um, I guess it's more like God yeah. is, um, bringing us back more to who he was to begin with. So yes. In that way. Yes, he's moving us yeah, to, to. He's yeah. making us, uh, pu- pushing us further uh, from one place center to all throughout Scripture, whether it's dealing with conflict yeah. or people groups or whatever. He doesn't just settle for one yeah. point. He he's, wants us to continue to grow towards that Christian perfection, towards Him. So it's yes. towards the beginning, because in the mm. beginning was God, right? Yes. Um. So yeah, I don't know. I guess. Yeah. My my fear is that sometimes people get the wrong impression when we say, like uh, like uh, when you say Jesus was a radical. Well, Jesus was a radical like for his own time because the culture sure. had had a lot of issues and still does. Absolutely, um, I think the, the and, turtles and he would calls them you. out. Yeah, but I believe I guess more and more as I kind of read through Scripture, especially the Old Testament, that Jesus is getting back to the original. Mm-hmm. like God's original ideas for the world. And so in that way, I would think it almost is better to say that we're the radicals that have like gone completely off the deep end. We're the ones like <laughs> pushing and like trying to like improve in our human way, but we're never going to get there because we're always going to fail because we we're trying to do it without God. Yep. Um, and- so Jesus, yes. I, I kind of see him more as like calling us back. I don't know. No, no, Maybe no, no, that's no, just no. Kind of my reaction to the way things are these days, but that's just kind of my read on it. Like, no, no, I, I think there's a lot of truth in that, Zach. <laughs> yeah. I really do. Um, because I mean, Jesus says in Matthew five, you know, be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Yeah. You know, He's always been perfect. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. He was perfect in the beginning, just as He's perfect yeah. today. And so this idea of going back, I think that's a good way of looking at it as well. The yeah. But the, the, the main argument, the main thing I want to point out regarding the contradiction yes. here is the fact that just because God's moving us more closer to that perfection that he demands mm-hmm. from us does not mean the scripture is con- contradicting itself. Mm-hmm. You know, it is, there, there, there is no doubt that yeah. Jesus takes some laws that were given and then changes what is said there. You have heard it said, well, I'm telling yeah. you this. You've heard it said, yeah. well, I'm telling you this. There are, yes, absolutely. After it's thousands the, of years, Jesus yeah. changes the original law to push people more towards the perfection yeah. that God called us to be. It's like with the That's divorce not a thing. Remember, he says, um, Oh, yeah. They're asking him about divorce, and he says, Well, um, God allowed Moses to give you a law that allowed you to divorce because your hearts were hardened. But here's yeah. what God actually thinks about divorce. Yes. Yeah. You know? Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, I mean, he's he. I I still think that um, that doesn't necessarily mean that we should discount anything from the Old Testament. I still think oh, it's good. Yeah, as the scriptures say, it's good for teaching, for reproof, mm-hmm. for correction, for training in righteousness. <laughs> Absolutely, but but it doesn't mean that uh, that Jesus being God, uh, one one of the three of the Trinity 
can't also come in and make a new covenant and uh, kind of, you know, mm-hmm. switch things up. Yeah. But I, 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 I got to tell you guys, I was frustrated. Um, I was looking mm-hmm. for a smoking gun from these atheist sites. I was looking for for some sort of evidence, so, something that I could sink my teeth into, something, an actual argument. Weak. These were weak. so weak. There, there was a, there was a, the, the strongest one that I have, I feel like, was the numbers one that I pulled from my pastor, from an actual pastor who was struggling uh-huh. with scriptures on this. And even then, we've got commentaries upon commentaries upon commentaries of fathers of church fathers before us who've already wrestled through this and has given us the answer. That was the strongest one out there, and it didn't even come mm-hmm. from the atheists. These were right. terrible. Yeah. So let me just say, those of you who are listening, if you find if you've got a contradiction, if you feel like you've got a contradiction, oh, no. well, tell us. Yeah. Post it on a Facebook page. Let us know. Let us dig. Let me dig my teeth into something actually good out here because these atheists are weak. That's what we actually want yeah. is to <laughs> is to wrestle with something because like, we just yes. always want to learn more. So that's right. Mm-hmm. Well, um, we we really appreciate you guys listening. Um, thank you so much uh, <laughs> for all of you who uh, tune in. Um, yeah, and as Bob said, if you if you feel like you've got a smoking gun, if you got a good contradiction, you want to send it our way, Billy. If you if if your question was derived from a supposed contradiction send it our way but um in terms of uh where i stand now i i, I don't believe that there are any and i <laughs> probably won't ever feel that nope. there are any so. I, I, let me be honest i went this episode saying there might be some that i just haven't come across yet but after some of these arguments i i, I yeah i'm thinking probably not oh yeah, yeah? well <laughs> you you shouldn't you shouldn't um you shouldn't uh, mix your mix your clothing uh uh materials you, you idiot don't eat that shellfish <laughs> to- told you made you made you think look really dumb just now on the internet <laughs> so um yes thank you guys for listening uh check us out on spotify all the places you find yep. your podcasts uh Podbean. follow us um, on on facebook and engage with us on social media please we're, do and also stay tuned for our fancy special bonus episode yeah, um i'm thinking oh, it'll already be yeah. out so yeah so, yeah so and, look and, for and that. at the very least it will have been released to our patreon members uh whether or not we'll release it to the to everyone else i'm not entirely certain just yeah. yet we, we might make it patreon exclusive at least maybe for, for a period of time for a period of time but yeah but yeah we will catch you next time all right i guess i'll say it